you dumb, beautiful fucker. Who wants to be in America's slash fit with Abraham Lincoln? Louisiana Purchase, that's a name. You need to really get off my balls, okay? I'm gonna kick your ass. Also, why was Michelangelo so stinky? Ew. Fucking okay. eggs. Here's some fucking eggs. No, I'm sho- shoveling myself out of the fucking shit, all right? No, you're going to stay in that shit pile, and we're going to call you the shit, shit no, no, queen. No, no, I'm yes, shoveling here, myself out eggs. of the shit. You're eat nothing but eggs. I'm shoveling myself, shoveling myself out of the shit. We're going to give you some Mountain Dew Spark, though. <laughs> I, I, I'm already hyped up on Mountain Dew Spark. Yeah. It's just okay. I got... What? Fuck off. I mean, it's all right. I mean, no, I it's, say it's, it's, bad. It, it's fucking good. It's a boner pill. <laughs> but hear me out. Code Red. I mean, Code Red's still good, you know. Code Red's But like, but Spark, I love raspberry. So like raspberry lemonade, have you've, you've, have you tasted it? Yeah, that's, that's, oh. that's the ones we have in the house. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I saw you drink one. Okay. But what, because our house is so cold, we just keep it on the floor. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I bet they get cold pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, they're really cold. Yeah, yeah. And I used to be a fucking piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I got cold on on the Spark hype. Because, like, one day I was going to a gas station. I was like, huh, this is new. The art's pretty sick on it, too. Yeah, like the the car that's eating the raspberries and shit. Um, (laughs) No, I tried. I was like, holy fuck. Fuck. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Holy fuck. (laughs) It's sour. It's sour and sweet. And so, uh, yeah, Colt likes it. I got uh, I got their mom to try it, Crystal. She likes it, so yeah, gonna infect everybody with it. It's good. It's a good time. Yeah, it tastes like candy. We've been recording so. for for like a solid about two minutes. <laughs> so all they're gonna hear as soon as from the beginning is shit, shit, eggs, eggs, eggs. Yes, <laughs> and Mountain Dew Spark. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, hello everyone. So- Welcome to episode two hundred and forty-seven of Y'all Get Here podcast. I'll be your host today, Patrick. And joining me today are my two crusty co-hosts. Ah, uh, go, go. No, uh, that was what you like being called crusty. No, okay, I'm Wenzel. That's that's JoJo. You can't see me. I'm pointing to JoJo. Um, no. We have a heater no. next to us too. It's real nice, real fucking nice. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> because it's so fucking cold. <laughs> so fucking cold <laughs> and that's not their fault it's just it's been it finally finally turned into fucking winter yeah because if in case you don't know the weather is already pretty pretty erratic in the south but then after having basically summer slash spring weather in december just like all of a sudden like a switch january it's butt ass cold yeah like it was it was crazy because like because there was that one day where there was a fucking tornado warning 
put out. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, well, fuck. And then like, you know, it just kept raining and raining and raining. And then it just got cold and then it kept raining too. And then at some point it fucking snowed. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? All the bugs came out because they thought, oh, it's okay now. And then they all fucking died like that because it got fucking cold. <laughs> gotcha, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, because there was like, so like it rained a few days a day or maybe a few days ago. And I come outside and there's just all these dead fucking worms. And it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like you idiots. You're so stupid. Stupid worm. <laughs> God, fucking weather in Alabama. She's a yeah, uh, capricious I've, wench. It, it really she? shows, you know, after five years in the show, all you have left to talk about is the weather. <laughs> How about them braids? Oh, my God. You know, Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Fuck, I don't know. Like, What the uh, fuck is in Georgia? Uh, the Bulldogs. Bulldogs. Uh, oh yeah, they did beat us for the national. Okay, so also it's, it's I, a running, I could not be fucked to care about. It's, a, it's a running bit that all Georgia fans they bark, they bark. Yep. Yep. I, you know, for preference, there's only three of us right now. There's some shit going on, and, and LSU fans will throw double A batteries. At you. <laughs> that, is that is true. That is that true. Is true. That is true. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was joking. That's not a joke. But it is not <laughs> a joke. It's, it's yeah, not. I mean, Alabama fans will also teabag you because yeah, that did but, happen. But, but on the on the SEC sliding chaotic chart, uh, LSU fans are chaotic evil. <laughs> they I really would, are. You know. Or at least they they, they they have a reputation. They are because that. you know with with cra- how crazy University of Alabama fans. It's like I always hear the fans from other fucking schools who are just batshit fucking nuts. I, I remember my dad said, and it, he's my dad is like sixty one years old. He says one of the top three best fights he's ever seen in person happened at an LSU game. Fuck, what's up with those fuckers at Louisiana? God damn. What are they doing in the swamp? <laughs> no, they fight fucking alligators, so they have to, you know, of course they start fucking fights with human beings. Step up, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they got they got damn swamp things just like <laughs> yep. willy-nilly. Yeah. They Trim sti- that shit up. They steal your copper. <laughs> <laughs> Jojo, we have copper here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, wait, hold on. I can't let people know we have copper in our house. <laughs> wait a minute. We're wait. sitting on a copper mine. Wait a minute. You have copper? <laughs> It's like, well, you don't know the first thing about stealing copper, and neither do we. Neither do we. Okay, anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, so, and then last week we did a banner episode, but because there was not really much turnaround for us to do stuff between then, we're doing another banner episode because we, what, what the fuck not? Yeah, because, uh, like, we've been trying to do our first of the year planning session each Saturday at of January, but something else has come up. Something always fucking comes up. And then the thing is too, is that like, you know, we couldn't do it today because we're not, we're not whole again, some, you know, personal shits going on, you know, in somebody else's life right now. So, you know, no worries. But then next week I'm not going to be here. So again, it's like, we still can't fucking do it. And then we're about to go into February, which like, luckily I have something at least pinned out for February so we can jump right into it. But like, Behind the curtains, we always try to plan out the first quarter of the year around the New Year's. Uh, yeah, and, and you know it's like you know, diff- like this is a completely uh, un different situation too, unparalleled to anything because uh, I don't know. Every- everybody officially had 
at some point, everybody officially had a job. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Wenzel quit his job. Which, you know. I, I love which how the, I, I'm, I'm really glad he did because it's like, it's, that it's like, sounded miserable as fuck. It, it, no, the, the whole story has just been horrific. But it is funny that first official episode of the year, Wenzel's like, maybe we're like trying to get Wenzel to, to quit his job. But then, like, Wenzel quit his job. Yeah, no, it, it was a. It, uh, I mean, I saw it happen, and it was so funny because we were with all the shit I said. I was worried. I was like, I wonder, is are my bosses or you know my manager are they gonna hear this? I was like, I don't fucking care uh, because I'm gonna quit anyway. Like, uh, so just let it all fucking out. I guess. I mean, why not? And I did. And, and also, I doubt they're going to like listen to your fucking podcast. I doubt it too. Like, like it'd be so funny though if somebody was like, "Hey, did you hear that? What the guy said about you on their podcast? It's fucked. It's fucked up. <laughs> like, you'll never believe what he said." Coming on the news, the nightly news at yeah, like, 6 a.m. Like the fucking Tuscaloosa news, like, finds, bow, like, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> like, our fucking dog and pony show. And this, this Co- is... Coming in, Wenzel Wilkie called Lo-Fi Pizza a piece of shit. <laughs> it, it said it is a hellhole. And this little brown fucker, they, these <laughs> little scumbags are recording all of this shit in their basement, talking about cum, sex, Killing, murder, <laughs> all of this. Damn, that was all in one episode too. <laughs> no, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it, no, it was so funny because like, it, it didn't take. Lo- it wasn't too long till after that. You know, it's already been ten days now. Um, you know, put my two week notice in, but it's been ten days, and that, and so like, yeah, so that week, um, the start of that week was like. I already had a wake up call, but li- talking to two fucking strangers who were just like, who were super kind and understanding, and them even saying that, please, honey, save yourself. <laughs> I was like, fuck. So, yeah. Which, speak, going back to Georgia though, um, that, so we had to work. Um, that night right and we had luckily lucky for us we got a tv installed to where we can play the fucking game so people can get their goddamn pizza and watch fucking football and um so georgia wins um everybody is just going crazy and then we get a whole fucking group of people to come in and i'm i oh man i fucking hate i hate football fans because man they're fucking crazy i'm like like there's literally people like just fucking like just screaming about like ah you know this fucking sucks and then at some point some girl like you know you could have at least just been a little bit joking but no she wasn't she looked me she was looking at me dead in the fucking face saying turn off the fucking tv like screaming being the whitest blondest bitch you'd ever seen saying like turn off the fucking tv like you know screaming like like i i can't i'm not exaggerating she was fucking screaming and it was kind of scary hey ah, hey wenzel ah, was she ah. screaming and i was like i'm like i literally just look, go down on my phone and, and i'm like boom done but they were getting so fucking crazy they literally climb over our fucking benches to unplug the goddamn tv like fucking really, Jesus Christ! I mean, it, it can't be understated. Living in the like the headquarters of Alabama Crimson Tideland, where you know college football supersedes uh, religion here. It so, really does. 
so so yeah, uh, people are at best passionate, at worst just craving jackasses. Like for real, like like I don't know. I, like I think about it. Like I, I appreciate that whole like community you know getting together watching some football and stuff and i appreciate that that kind of like the parties and stuff and whatever what have you but then when i think about it more it makes me really fucking sad because i'm like that's all they have (laughs) it it really is because if you were to take it away it'd be so fucking depressing (laughs) no what is so fucking hilarious and i love this so much is fucking Coach Nick Saban on a lot of things politically is based as fuck. And like, they're just, all these like Republican dipshits are just having to fucking eat it. And they're just like, God damn it, you're winning us national championships, but how dare you but say you know, Black Lives Matter? But you know what? After that, they're probably like, well, why don't you go think about it, Saban? <laughs> like, well, 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 like recently, like there, there's, I'm, I, I'm not super up to date on the current events, but there's a bill being passed in uh, New York that's helped to fight voter suppression that the Republicans have been trying to do for the past decade or so. And, and Nick Saban was like, yo, I support this. And, <laughs> and I have to listen to conservative talk radio in the morning with my boss. Oh. So, so like fucking the Tuscaloosa <laughs> conservative radio. They're just they're just fucking shit in their pants. They're just like, God damn you, Saban! You shut the fuck up. But you also win a championship. Fuck you. It, it, I can't. I literally. I hope to God the day comes where like they're they're going to have like a scanner's head explosion. At like when the like the, the day that distance. Nick Saban says trans rights or some shit, they will literally like self destruct uh, for real. <laughs> Their heads will explode like in scanners. Which like I can't fucking wait. <laughs> I, I no. I oh my god, it's gonna be fucking good. Because you, you know they were fucking pissed as fuck with Saban. And the, the the football team, they helped march when, you know, the protests were happening for BLM. And I know people who were throbbing, like, too messant in anger. You know, and it's so funny because those same, those same people will be like, they'll be like, oh, you know, like, I see both sides. I see both sides. I walk the middle. I walk the... I, 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 how do I do a country accent? Uh, <laughs> 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 like, like and, you, like, and you know that's a fucking lie. They're fucking biased and racist and stupid as hell. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just... Uh, and it's, it's, oh, God, I hate dealing with people around here because it's so frustrating. Because, you know, because there are people who be obviously Republican, who be obviously conservative, and then they'll be like, oh, but I'm... <laughs> so, <laughs> I'll explain later. Something <laughs> fell off my head. Anyway, so, and then they'll say shit like, oh, but I but I walk the, the middle line, you know. I, I see both sides, and it's just I, like... I don't have any allegiance to any party. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Of course you... You live in a goddamn America. Of course you have a fucking bias. Of course you don't walk the middle line. Shut up. Well, well it's the... In the middle of the Bible Belt, you, don't, you, think, you don't think there's going to be a slant like, in what a lot of people... Bias, yeah. And then, like, also, too, it's like I said, it's fucking America. The whole thing is political parties. There's no fucking way you could be here and, like, I mean, you can, but, like, well, I, I, in the Bible Belt, at yeah, least. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and honestly, I doubt any of us support either of the fucking dipshit parties that we have. I mean, there, there's one we have to vote 
basically out of necessity. Even I mean, though, I mean, I mean even though, like, it's you'll basically hear all, been a lateral move. It, I mean, really, <clears throat> man. Oh, but why I should explain what fell off my fucking head. <laughs> yeah, go so I, I decided, I don't know why, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to bring out my Hayatiko mask. And um, I got it way back in um, Okinawa, Japan. And it's, it's a mask of a guy. He's, um, the, the best way I can describe it is like, he's like, uh, he's kind of like, like pursing his lips, but kind of like as if he's shooting something out of his mouth, which is, which is supposed to represent is him like breathing fire. Um, there's a lot of different like origins for it. Yeah, it's, it, it, if you've seen anime, like especially during like a big party or festival, you see that mask a lot because he has like he has kind of he- head wrapped in like a cloth. cloth. Got one big one eye open, one eye squinted, and he's got his, his lips like tooted out, and that's what I like to you know for like fire eaters. Yeah, it, it's supposed to. Uh, there's a lot of like. There's one where it was like um, it might have some connection with a region where. Uh, it's to pay homage to like sword making or like fire and steel to the um, to the blacksmiths of yeah. that area or whatever. So and so they breathe fire, um, you know, making swords and shit. And uh, yeah, so I brought it with me. I was like, I'm gonna wear it because I love this fucking mask. It's actually pretty well. I've had it since 2015. It's been almost seven years, and it hold has held up really nice. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we all, we all came to the show today with some accessories. Yep. Mm-hmm. Star Wars beanie on JoJo. Yep. Uh, 90s hat on Pat. Yeah, my podcast hat. I think it's the first time I wore it for AYCH, so. yeah. though. It's a good hat, though. Yeah, I, I got this at the Halloween store. Huh. That's we, cool. We, we went Halloween shopping for last Halloween. It's like, you know what? I'm it's like, I liked it so well, I got it, and now it's just an everyday hat. It's a good-ass hat. Hell yeah. Like, uh, just just think like you know radical like say by the bell opening you, you had to just basically yeah um but yeah no it, it kind of when i think more about it i'm like man that's because me and my dad have talked about this a lot too surprisingly even though as fucking conservative as he is he's like he's like without football they're literally nothing down here it really <laughs> isn't like and it makes me kind of sad but then i was like eh, i don't fucking care well, well like my boss he's a conservative but he's not from around here and, and and you know when he's talking with people, you know he'll you know he'll engage in the football conversation, but he'll just be like, yeah, he, he's just like I just cannot be bothered, <laughs> really. You know, it's just like for some people, this is their only like reprieve from fucking the mundane, the crushing mundanity of modern existence. And, and you, yeah. you definitely kind of like it's definitely something you're raised in. Like usually around here, you're raising one or two, like Alabama football or Auburn Burn. football, and yeah. of course, mm-hmm. this being Tuscaloosa, it's the literal home of the Crimson Tide. Yep. So, like most, like my house was a uh, roll tide house, and most people I know, you know there might be a, a couple Auburn fans sprinkled around, but like you know, yeah, you, you of course you find them closer you get to Auburn, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I think it's funny because like growing up, you know, going to school and stuff, they try to instill that like state pride, you know, into you. Yeah. And like I know for the longest time, whenever anything like any media or anything mentions like Alabama, University of Alabama, Tuscaloosa, you know, the Crimson Tide, I'm like, hey. <laughs> but uh, I will laugh at jokes, though, um, mentioning. But anyway, but no, I'm, but I'm like now I'm like, who? Cares like about goddamn like 
Alabama. Like, I don't give a shit. But, but that brings me into my other point of like, Pat recently sent me a clip from Crick of the Creek. Where, uh, Which is like a cartoon on Cartoon Network, Craig of the Creek. Where they had Filipino representation. Now I was like, what the fuck? This is awesome. This is so awesome. Like, it's such a little, like, skit that I, but I, I fucking, oh man, I was just, any, any time. So let me, I'm sorry, let me explain what the bit was. So there's this girl, oh man, I can't remember who her character is, but she, she always wears, like, swimming gear or whatever. Like, she's going to the fucking pool and, uh, and Craig got invited to her house or something, and they go talk to. They have to go meet her, Lola, and she was trying to. Sh- and she tried well, to. Well, you explain what Lola means? Lola means grand- grandmother. Um, it means that in Spanish, but also in Filipino. Um, you know, most uh, I think Tagalog, Cebuano, all of them. I think are you're gonna hear Lola referring to grandmother, Lolo referring to grandfather. That's because the Philippines was under Spanish rule for 333 years, so. It got mixed in, and um, and yeah. So she's trying to explain to her like, okay, you know, this is my Lola. When, when you meet her, you have to, um, you know, you know, blessed or uh, where it's it's basically what you do is that when you meet somebody like who's elderly, an elder, you take, you know, they'll offer your, their hand, you take it, and then you press it against your your forehead like that, and that's how you show a sign of respect, um, you know, and uh, and what was cool too is that she was um, she was speaking uh, Bisayan, which I've never heard Bisayan spoken. Bisayan is, you know, one of the Filipino languages. It's its own language, its own thing, and um, and just like a, you know, just like a Lola, she's like, oh, is this your boyfriend? <laughs> like, it's just a fucking course she asked that. It's so fucking good. Well, I think it's funny that, because, like, she was teasing her granddaughter, like, because Craig, this is her, her uh, friend that he brought over. And because you said there's a lot of, like, Spanish, like, mixed in with the various languages that, that are native to the Philippines. I, 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 I know she said guapo at one point in her little her little bit. And I was like, okay. Cause like, she's like, Oh, is this your boyfriend? He's so handsome or whatever. Yeah. And so it is interesting that like just the, the, the melange of uh, cultures and plus Craig of the Creek already has a lot of accolades for being like very, very like diverse. Cause the show is about a little black boy and his family that they play like basically like live action role playing like the Creek. And it's it's a fucking it's such a good show. I love it. I I need to catch up. I I remember watching the first season pretty regularly, um, but but I haven't caught up since. Uh, I did recently watch a fucking um, one of the episodes where they had like a kind of like a cook off or whatever bake off where each uh, these kids brought their stuff, and then I didn't realize because I like I tuned halfway in, but that same girl. That was another instance of Filipino representation because that girl brings in pondesol as a baked like dessert, and I was like, I was like, holy shit, that's pondesol! Like, I never like I only tuned into halfway through the show, so I never even I never even saw that she even mentioned that. So I was like, shit, like that's really cool because I because rem- I remember seeing it on Twitter earlier this week, and I it, it went so far I thought Winslow might have just saw it on his own, but I saw that same. But basically, because I think one of the people I follow is like an animator for Craig of the Creek, and they ha- they also showed them like breaking down basically like the storyboards for the, her, her cooking scene. That's like, and while also like showing like how to make the dish to begin with. Yeah. So it's like that's really cool. And and plus, like, what was it? No way home. Um, Ned's 
he's Filipino and uh, his, his, his Lola his Lola was there and she, and she was you know just sort of like muttering it's like all oh, these people in my house <laughs> it was it was real fucking good yeah uh, yeah no uh, I I remember that that clip was getting passed around I didn't think much of it until you sent it to me and I saw where it said Philo I was like oh shit Filipino you know us and uh, no, I, I just got so excited. I fucking, I loved it. No, and, and whenever she did that, um, that greeting, that showing of sign of respect, I was like, like nostalgia fucking hit me like a rock. Because <laughs> the thing is, is that like, so I don't have any Filipino family here whatsoever. So when I learned that, I didn't really have any elders to do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I first, what, so as kind of a bit I did to my parents, I would fucking do it to them. And they'd be like, I'm not that old. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, the, the, that's what I did. But, uh, but yeah, no, it was just, and what I was going to say before is that like anytime, anytime there's any Filipino representation, I just fucking lose my mind because it's such, it's, it's so fantastic because if you don't know, like, I mean, a lot of people are underrepresented and one of those people are Filipinos, especially in America where Filipinos and Filipino Americans are definitely part of its history. And they don't teach you much about that in fucking school. And there's a good percentage of Americans who are Filipino Americans. And again, don't teach you anything. And then even in Hollywood, people who are Filipino, um, for the longest time, they wouldn't be casted as playing Filipino characters. They'd be fucking casted as playing Latino or Latina characters, which is really fucked up. Mm-hmm. Because considering the history of the Philippines, because yeah. yeah, and like because like for the like so that was something like I want to say Vanessa Hutchins maybe in High School Musical or maybe for something else. That's what she was casted as as Latina, but. She's not. She's Filipino. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a. There's so many people. I, I remember. I remember. Like again, I think I've said this before, but I remember watching so many things with my mom, and she, and we watched them, and she'd be like, she'd be like, she's not. She's not Latino or Latina. <laughs> she's Filipino. I'm like, how can you tell? I'm like, she's Filipino. Um, and then come to find out later, yeah, or he's Filipino, or she's Filipino, or so many people are fucking Filipino. I think the only two like stars that I knew were. Filipino, like, until, like, the last 10 years or so, there was a comedian named Joe Coy <laughs> and uh, yeah. Olivia Munn. Yeah. Those are the only two I knew. Yep. Like, there's there's so many, there's so many, and it's just, it's crazy just how, like, how even, like, growing up and going to school, it's, like, explaining to people, like, the Philippines or Filipino, it's like, it's like, what's that? It's like, and that's, I mean, even still to fucking day. You still hear people say that. And it's just like, America occupied the Philippines. Yeah. That was a, also the Philippines was part of World War II. I mean, that was a, you know, like, and there's quite a bit of Filipino Americans. Like, I mean, our Philippines has its own history, but its history is also intertwined with America. And then like, when you get into history class and stuff, it's like, you don't hear shit talk you don't hear about it and and if you do it's just a blip on the radio it's passing it's like you might hear about the Bataan death march or you might hear about how Mm. you know the philippines were occupied by america and then the evil filipinos you know attacked the americans you know or that that's kind of it like or you hear about how MacArthur said he was gonna he told the filipinos before he left he was gonna return that's it that's all you hear like and it's like it's just such a fucking travesty (laughs) that you don't like especially for like 
with Filipinos, ha- Filipinos and Filipino Americans having the identity crisis that we already have, it just sucks. Not, Being not even getting to learn about ourselves. So yeah, I mean, I I I, I know like at least secondhand because my sister's uh, boyfriend, he's Filipino and like he doesn't really know many outside of his family so like when i told him i you're like one of my friends like oh shit like i have to meet him now because like (laughs) i don't know anyone else other than my family it's yeah no i mean it's like i mean i'm the same way i remember i mean i still it's been forever but like i I, there was a there was a filipino you know there's still filipino community in tuscaloosa but i haven't like actually interacted them in for a while because my mom just kind of like not cut ties but like because we're just moving and work and stuff like that just my my parents just life just life and my parents also aren't good at making friends <laughs> so well you know like i i guess i feel like the older you get at least with a lot of married couples like they sort of just turn inward it's like they don't really concern themselves with like having like uh, social lives at least at least as far as my family's always been not not through like anti-social kind of like you know we just like be, don't have the energy to socialize. Yeah, I mean, and that's and that's fair, especially if fucking kids. So, hey, once, especially when you add yeah. kids to the equation. Yeah, pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> what with poo poo pee pee everywhere. But yeah, so I mean, I already loved Craig of the Creek because of how much representation it had. But holy shit, I love it even more now. Like that was a oof, fucking made my day. Yeah, that, that was like just like cool to see like. When like I was like, when did you see this? Like this is awesome. Yeah. No. Oh my god. I, and I heard like they had a uh, an episode like a, one of their event specials where Craig and his friends of like all his little LARP kids are like in a fight with like this other LARP kid group, and it's like actually kind of epic. Like yeah. Because like all these are like little little weeb shit kids, and they're all like doing like like playing anime stuff with like you know rocks and like sticks and but. And their imagination, they're like shooting energy balls and shit. Like, you know, like everybody did when they were little kids. Oh, yeah. It, no, it's a good fucking, it's a good fucking time. It's a fun show. One of the, um, oh, man, what's her name? It's been so long since I watched it. One of the main characters, the the girl, um, they're part of the whole trio of Craig, um, another boy, and then a girl who is like, she, she always carries around her sword, which is made out of a paper towel roll. Yeah. <laughs> but she also has her... Uh, She's a bird. She's a little parrot bird on her head. And it's, dude doesn't do much, but he's fucking so much expression. That little <laughs> tiny bird. I love him. <laughs> he's so fucking funny. It's so good. Uh, yeah, no, they do cool shit. There was a, oh my God, there was like a really good episode where there was this boy who was like a king and he had like two of his best friends and he was like, fight to the death over me. <laughs> like it was like fucking crazy. That, that might have been part of the the thing because I remember that the 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 baddie was like this older kid who will have he was like a king or something, and he had like blue eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Oh my god, such a piece of shit. No, I love him though. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's definitely one of the shows I want to get on. But I guess we'll have to like look for it somewhere. Yeah, but hell yeah. Uh, Joe, yeah, it's just vibing. You got anything to talk about? I know I've been talking to a lot about here about just stuff no I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm listening and vibing hell yeah <laughs> I'm really enjoying this conversation um just like I we were just kind of riffing there because I, I didn't know because I was a little worried it's like damn we haven't done three banner episodes in a row and 
a very long That's time. That's very, yeah. Because we usually, we plan our stuff out pretty far in advance. So, like, for us to, usually only go to banter when, like, something falls through. But but, usually something next week is prepared. Yeah, and we also, like, have accumulated enough time where it's like, okay, we can talk about quite a bit of stuff on a banter episode. But it's, like, back to back to back. It's like, well, shit. It's like, the year just started. <laughs> and, and plus, like, you know, COVID's, like, really bad right now. So it's, it's not like we can go, like, it's not like, oh, Let's just go out and have like our own little ventures, and then come back on Saturday to talk about what we did. It's like, damn, it's just been three weeks of movie watching at the <laughs> house. And I mean, I mean basically, and like if we could, you know, like that's, I mean, that's usually what banter episodes are—is just talk about movies, which is, I love it. <laughs> I mean, it, it's Me good shit. Because um, Judge and I, we watched um, a few, a few mini movies this week. Um, yeah, we we started. Because, like, full disclosure, I had planned to do, like, a watching challenge um, early this week. His letterbox said, hey, go to your, your watch list and hit shuffle, and the, your top row is what you watched for a week. I, I got one day in, and then JoJo and I got kind of caught up in our own shit. Yeah. So the first movie I watched for the week was a Japanese movie called The Invisible uh, Man Appears, which I was like, awesome. Where the fuck am I going to watch this movie? <laughs> Because I think it's only streaming officially on the uh, Arrow streaming service. What's Arrow it? has a streaming service? Yeah. What the fuck? Of course they have a fucking streaming service. Everything has a streaming Everything service. Everything has a stream. God damn it. Do I need to subscribe Even to something else? Spaghetti has a streaming service. What the fuck? It's called Noodle TV. <laughs> I actually kind of like that. So, yeah, a Visual Man appears. It came out in 1949. Um, fuck. As you know, I. The Japanese adaptation of The Invisible Man, and it's a it's a solid movie. Like it's not really sort of super mind blowing. I mean, it is cool to see how they pull off the invisibility in like 1949. Because um, fame Tokusatsu, the father of Tokusatsu in a way, Eiji Tsuburaya was part of the special effects, and he did the invisibility trick. And I, I just think it's funny how there are some bits in there like. Because like there, you have the main scientist who looks like Einstein. And he has his two like apprentices who are like, I- I'm going to figure out the invisibility thing. No, I am. And then like homeboy is like, Haha, bitches, I already figured it out. <laughs> I'm already invisible. So so he like goes to like test it in front of like an investor, and he like turns that guinea pig invisible. And apparently at some point the cat turns invisible, which is in the original book. Mm-hmm. But like it's just funny because they realize, huh, something's not right because they they hear the cat but they don't see it. And you just see the cat jump on the piano, like walk across it. And then it proceeds to knock off every fucking piece of like decoration on the shelves, like potted plants, urns, lamps, everything that's considerably breakable. This cat knocks the fuck around. See, that, that's just what a cat does. But it's just, it's, just, yeah. it's just like two minutes of this cat knocking shit over <laughs> and then being like, oh. And. <laughs> And, uh, and it's just and it varies considerably from the original story because um, not to give me too much away. It's, it's worth seeing. It's just not just know that the characters are kind of stock stock characters. I will say that to me, the most interesting character was the you follow the main character is like one of the, the doctor's apprentices and uh, he disappears because he got kidnapped. Um but his sister is a a high standing actor in the Tarazuka Review. Hmm. In case you don't know, it's one of the only all women 
theater troops in the world. Like it started like the early 19th century. And so basically every, every role is played by women and even the men. So a, a lot of these women who, who, who do the male roles, they, they still have like masculine dress outside of the program. So you see her like in like these high pants and like, you know, sports coats. It's like rather masculine, and, it, and it's like she's the only woman in the, in the show in the movie with like really any agency. Because you have like the girl that the two scientists are like kind of fighting over, and like the daughter, she's just kind of there. But like, like the, <laughs> the sister, she like helps set up this whole big plot to like figure out to, to throw off the bad guy. Like she disguises herself as the Invisible Man to get into the bad guy's lair. The only the only point is that she wilts. I would say it's like at the climax, where like, you know, some things happen. But like, she's a pretty active character, and she's like really cool. It made me like, I want to know about the Tarzuka review more. And it's a really cool. Like, it's it's funny because the way they do their makeup for the review is like they they look like live action shoujo manga characters. Oh fuck! Let's well, kind of like the way they kind of overdraw their eyes and kind of like kind of accentuate you know their their cheekbones i guess to look more masculine and it's, it's really interesting because hmm. uh, i think last year there was a production of lupin the third for the review and it's like really good all right cool um so i was like i want to know about this and that, that's what my youtube recommendations have been this week is their, their previews <laughs> um but it's it's really cool and the movie you know it's not bad definitely worth the watch early sci-fi um Apparently, it has a sequel called um, "The Invisible Man versus the Human Fly." <laughs> Fuck, of course. And but uh, uh, who didn't see that coming? Apparently, it's not as interesting as the title sounds. Ah, which like, I guess everybody's just like looking for the Invisible Man and the Human Fly. So, hello, Human Fly here. When it's like fucking this big. He's <laughs> like a jewel thief or something. But oh, apparently, it's not as exciting. Which like that sounds cool though. Hey. This is how they act as they watch this. I'm gonna act like a guy. Boner fart. <laughs> Damn, got him. I can't do a fart. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all you have to do. God damn it! <laughs> Did I fuck up the show because of that? No, huh? uh, it, it, it's very much on brand because Wenzel loves to do bits that just completely just stop a show cold. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how to respond to that. Honestly. I mean, I mean, how, how, how can you top it? You can't. She just had to start from scratch. But um, the rest of the week, JoJo and I, we uh, watched movies together. We started with on Sunday afternoon, uh, Double Indemnity. Yeah, Double Indemnity. It's uh, considered one of the best early noir films from yeah, the film 40s, noir. Uh, directed by Billy Wilder, and it's about this guy who's insert insurance agent. Who comes across this really hot woman who's in a loveless marriage, and she's just like, "Hey, help me kill my husband." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, but you know they, they're trying to do it to get the money from the insurance. It's really in, it's really interesting, oh. and it and it moves at a really like steady pace. You know, it's, it's, it's like a hundred and seven minutes, but it's it breezes through pretty well. Yeah, nice. and if you want to get into like noir or just like older films in general, it definitely has like an older film pace. 
uh, yeah, I say give it a shot. It's really fucking good. And I, I just love like the, the sort of the pace and the rhythm that people spoke with in the mm-hmm. in the forties. Because there's a bit where the main character and the and the, the beleaguered wife they're like having this rapport back and forth. It's just like whip smart, just like just. Mm-hmm. Ballies of white little quips. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and if you like that movie, I highly recommend Sunset Boulevard, which was also done by Billy Wilder. Yeah. That movie's really fucking good. You know what? Let's do let's do that one thing. That one that one thing where it's like in a forty style kind of like uh, tone where it's like uh, nobody loses their mind when I say peacock, but everybody loses their mind when I say poopcock. <laughs> 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 Black and white filter is. <laughs> no one lost their mind when I said peacock, but everyone lost their mind when I said poopcock. <laughs> like the, I don't know, they do that fucking orchestra or some shit. <laughs> or, or no, you just got the the melancholy sax. In the yes, yeah. <laughs> and then it fucking it fucking does the clothes where like it's just a little dot the, the iris in yeah either the iris in or the fade like the, the fade. fade yes yes <laughs> and, and it's just his face as someone's like walking across the screen as the fades are going in. <laughs> We know how to, we we know how to do a forties movie now. We can do it. Yeah, I mean we can. Fucking I do mean, it. Uh, I did. I had uh, for a while now. Is lads make a film more? Ha! But I, I had the bit was we're gonna take two film more fans, uh, friends of the show, Justin and Mac, and have them try to do it straight while we just fuck it up. Oh my god! Yes, weird. We would make the best film ever. Yeah. So like they're just trying to like. Because they love Fillmore. Like, they're trying to, like, this is going to be, like, the, the con- conglomeration of everything that they love. But we just, like, you know, but also. The, hey, the, yo, can we put ass crystals in it? Hey, we yo. We want ass crystals. Hey, can one of the dames just be Danny DeVito? I, I, okay, this is, if we, we're going to do that now. So, spoiler for Justin and Mac. But tell me, tell us your two favorite, like, just film noir actors leads male female and we're gonna put them in the most shittiest most dumbest fucking role ever and just absolutely beat the shit out of them um yeah so it's like a fucking search so keep your eyes peeled we'll do that at some point (laughs) eventually Uh, eventually i mean we have more ideas than we do time so we'll we'll get to it eventually hey we have all the time in the world. Uh, should we mention the the other thing we watched? The other thing. The other, there were a few. There were two more movies we watched together. Yeah, like we'll go down in weekly progression. Okay. Because uh, then after a double indemnity, we watched uh, rewatched for JoJo. Uh, David Lynch's The Straight Story. Oh yeah, good movie. Which like that movie is just vibes. It's it's like it's very like. The, the lowest stakes is like, but it, uh, it's but it, somehow it's the highest stakes. Yeah, I was about because I read the little blip. I was like, oh man, I want to watch this. It's on Disney Plus. Okay, and, and and it's just really good. There's there's a 
There's a speech he gives in the bar that is really emotional. Are we sure David Lynch doesn't sneak like an eraser head in there somehow? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, according to Lynch, this is his most experimental movie. Really? Okay. I guess like considering how experiment, like you know, experimental for David Lynch is, is very different <laughs> for other people. Yeah. <laughs> experimental for him is normal for everybody else. <laughs> So it's, it's about uh, an el- a very elderly man who's very stuck in his ways, and he finds out his estranged brother has a severe stroke, but his brother lives in, an- in another state, and he did- and the main character, Alan Strait, doesn't have a car or license to drive there. So what it is, he, he loads up a bunch of stuff onto his lawnmower and then drives across state. hundreds of miles to... To, to see his brother to sort of mend fences because they broke off on terrible terms about a decade earlier. And he's, like, dying, pretty much. Yeah. Well, they're, they're both very elderly, so... And it's just, like... So they're in, both dying, pretty much. I mean, yeah. <laughs> in a roundabout way, yeah. <laughs> but it's just about his his journey, like, the people he meets along the way. It's There's, there's like... You know, very minimal dialogue. There's periods of time where it's just him on the road and him just watching things happen around him, or, he, or he's just watching the weather. And he'll have these little stops throughout town, and it's it's just a really, I don't, it just it's a it feels good. Like it's just it's just good vibes, man. Yeah, and the music's really good. It's just it, it it's a movie of his that doesn't get talked about n- near enough. They fucking stopped. Darwin and Piper yeah. were having a chorus up there. Like they, they they'll, they'll do that. Like they were synced up for like a second. God. So yeah, it, it, the movie, uh, the movie in three words, bucolic as fuck. Yep. I, I, I want to check it out. Yeah, and, and like the the final like scene is like really really hits home. Very Jojo much. bumped their chest. If you can, yeah, they're just like. <laughs> you, you know, you get it. They, they, they have to do it lightly because you know their chest cage is uh, very fragile at that age. Yeah. They just turn into monkeys. Excuse me while I evolve into crab. <laughs> ah, fuck! Monkey mode. <laughs> I do like a like a flip over like a like a fucking to to. <laughs> Power Ranger I'm just saying Power Ranger I can't say it Tokusatsu Tokusatsu Fuck Tokusatsu Tokusatsu I do a flip Over the fucking table Like a tokusatsu And I turn into a monkey <laughs> With a rock uh, Also I found out The other day That Ron Perlman Was going to be Optimus Primal In the new Transformers movie What the fuck I had no idea That's crazy Because apparently The new Transformer movie That's kept Building off Bumblebee It's going to have Beast War characters in it Oh yeah, and and Ron Perlman is going to be Optimus Primal. I guess that fits. I don't know. But Peter Cullen's still going to be Optimus Prime. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool. 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 So uh, you know, hell yeah. Which also like, there's a lot of really cool Beast War toys coming out, and if they fucking bring back the fucking fusers or transmetals for the this 25th anniversary line of doing, I will shit a brick full diaper. I will be there with you, Pat. I'll I'll do two bricks. Two bricks. Now, I, I did see there's like a third party co- company that's doing like a transmetal rat trap. Sick oh, as fuck. Shit. Sick as fuck. Hell yeah. 
you know, let's before we get into Transformers talk, we need to let's go through your movies. Uh, so the, the movie we watched last night though was uh, One Car Wise in the mood for love, and it is really fucking good. It's it's like beautiful, like like the, the like the colors in the movie are just so eye catching. Like it's about. Uh, a man and a woman who move into an apartment complex in 1960s China, and it's like just like the tight quarters of this uh, apartment complex, and them passing and going and living their separate lives and how they sort of interact with each other. They, but also they're growing estrangement from their respective partners because they're because his wife and her husband they're both constantly gone for various reasons, and so like as they sort of like grow closer together it's like in like in their story and like never in my life have i wanted two people to have an affair so badly oh fuck yeah because it's just like y'all just fuck oh my god you're stuck you're both stuck in life and lifeless marriages you're both too polite to say anything about just fuck just cheat and, and they're also like two of the most attractive people to ever exist. They are both so hot. <laughs> Fuck. And, and, and like the the lady, she just has all these awesome fucking dresses, fucking eyeliner on point, fucking. And like me and Pat both separately, like, wow, she's really pretty. And, and then uh, Liz comes in at, in the middle of it, just looks. She's like. Wow, she's really pretty. <laughs> and, and plus, I just love how, just like the style of the movie, it takes place in the 60s, like I said, mm-hmm. and just sort of seeing how American 60s, like fashion and like architecture is sort of absorbed into China. So you, you have all these women wearing like these traditional Chinese dresses with like the, the, the shoulder sleeves, the high collars, and like the, the split of the dress, but it's like, in like 60s patterns with like American 60s kind of like updone hair. So this is really interesting like m- integration of cultures. Mm-hmm. And like the movie is just lavishly shot. And like I, I, I really can't articulate how beautiful the movie is. And it's it was like it's a criterion film and very much deserves to be in that position. Like Yeah. It's on the channel. Yeah. So if I, you just want like a, a a beautiful movie with two smoking hot people in it. <laughs> Check it out. Because I was going to say that director, he, uh, or uh, they have their own, um, <laughs> they have their own uh, physical, like, I think a collection of all their films. It's uh, like. It's all of them, but a few, like a couple. Of yeah. Them. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he also did Chung King Express. Mm-hmm. Which was which I watched that movie before this one, and uh, I was like, "Wow, what else did this guy do?" It was like, "Oh, he he made this fucking Criterion that I bought literally two years ago." Oh fuck I yeah! Didn't know, but uh, Chun King Express is is really good. It, it's it's kind of split. It's kind of an anthology movie where there's like two stories that happen simultaneously. Or not simultaneously, one happens before the other. But it's like, there's like one story, it ends, and then another one starts, and then it ends. And that's the movie. And it's about these two cops who, you know, are just like, like, overly like romantic and lovesick. And they find a, uh, they find some like, 
strange woman that they end up having like an infatuation with for like a night or so. And it's very like neon Hong Kong kind of, it kind of has like a VHS vapor wave. Oh, okay. And, uh, the music is so fucking good. However, I hope you like the song by the mamas and the papas called California Dreamin'. Because <laughs> fucking uh, Mr. Wong Kar Wai was like, play that shit again! <laughs> just on repeat. Just, uh, just on repeat. Um, I mean, it's a good song, but, you know, <laughs> even I at a certain point was like, can we change this up just a little? It's like we, we only have the budget for one licensed song. But, but then... One of the actress who plays the main girl in the second story, she does a Chinese cover of a cranberry song that they also play in the movie. Hmm. It's huh. really fucking good. Cool. cool. That's cool. And, and I think that cranberry song really sort of encapsulates the feel of what that movie is. Nice. Hell yeah. All right. We're going to take a break real quick. We'll be right back with you. Hang tight. Like, god damn, like, they're just so fucking hot. <laughs> like, shit. And you fucking recorded that, didn't you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I mean, I also, you know, like, I mean, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, if, 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 if <laughs> I mean, show, you know, show, show us your fucking biceps, your shoulder muscles. Your fucking uh, your quads, you yeah. Know, all, all the muscle mommies in the audience, say what? Hey, uh, <laughs> like, um, uh, do 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 a quick flex. Fucking yeah, show it. Yeah, all the muscle mommies in the audience, put a flex emoji in chat. But you know what? Any anybody who isn't a muscle mommy, guess what? Give us a quick flex. Show us those fucking muscles. Yeah. Yeah, we think you're strong. Yeah, you are strong. Yeah, so, um, yeah, um, if you, uh, the 100 person to retweet our episode, uh, we go to the Muscle Girls Restaurant in Japan. Help us get to the Muscle Girls Restaurant in Japan. Kickstart our trip. Please. <laughs> We're just like, I'm on my hands and knees. Like. I cried out. Heaven save me. All right. <laughs> like, it, it, it's just in the night. Like, there's just beer bottles everywhere. And just like, there's like one muscle mommy, but she's just like cradling Winslow like a baby. And like, don't ask him how many pictures he has Louise, of Louisa from Encanto on his phone right now. Don't do it. Oh, she's that buff woman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watch this addict. Anyway, I, we're back. We're back. No, I need to watch uh, Encanto. Yes, I, I really need to. I really want to. A- apparently, um, the song we don't talk about Bruno. Uh, it's the most popular Disney song in 26 years. It like rocketed past Let It Go. Really? Yeah. Oh wow. Fuck. So the little Japanese girl holding up the frog. The evil has been defeated. <laughs> what? The, what? I never heard of that. You haven't seen that gift? It's from Cabin Fever. Oh no! No, Cabin in the Woods. Excuse me. Cabin. Oh fuck! 
okay. It's been like, so, it's been so long. Cabin Fever, I thought it was like the Muppets Treasure Island song. <laughs> <laughs> I got cabin fever. It's burning in my brain. All right, all right. Let's 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 continue before more brain damage. Um, This looks like someone here doesn't like Wilkins coffee. Bang! Bang. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's a that's an old Cajun greatness bit. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever seen the old Jim Henson uh, Wilkins coffee commercials? No. Okay, remind me after the show. We're showing you Wilkins coffee. It is the most unhinged, fucking crazy shit you'll see. It's good shit. All right. Um, I watched one movie, or technically one third of a movie, uh, this morning. Um, Magnetic Rose mm. is one of the short films in the memories in the memories anthology anime film. And in case you know, memories is this anthology film um, where three separate. Uh, anime shorts are combined into one film and the first one is the most well-known Magnetic Rose it's this sci-fi horror uh, story about this um, salvage crew in space that sort of like they get through junk and space debris and harvest what what precious parts they can to sell on back on earth and as, as, as his crew is getting ready to turn back after this last job, they get a distri- they hear a distress signal. They go out into like this dangerous part of space. Basically, there's a lot of there's a big magnetic storm that just distorts computers, so a lot of ships end up sucking there and they just sort of just deteriorate. Hmm. So they send um, two of their crew members in a little pod out into this like big, like basically looks like an asteroid of just compacted metal and spare parts. Again, it's surrounded by this huge debris field. And when they get inside, it looks like this derelict station. But the further they go down, it turns into like this beautiful, opulent, immaculate mansion, like classic English mansion. And then from there, it becomes like this very surreal journey where like reality and memory become like indefined. And it's a really like, like some of the most beautiful animation I've ever seen, and it's like genuinely un- up, like uncomfortable, like just how like slowly deranged the, the short. Cause it's only forty four minutes, but just to see how you go from like this beautiful mansion to like this this like facsimile of a mansion created from like bits and pieces of like metal. And just the progression of the plot—it's basically like a ghost story in space, and sort of like the final, uh, the final sort of confrontation at the end. It's just like it's just so crazy, and it's easily one of the the strongest pieces of animation, out eastern or western that I've ever seen. Like it's and plus just the whole aesthetic of it's sci-fi, but everything's sort of like worn and used. It's not really an aesthetic. <coughs> You get to see very often, except for like um, the, the early alien films. They had that aesthetic. Like, oh, this is like this big, you know, spaceship, and everything kind of looks like. Or I guess you could say Star Wars too. Star yeah, Wars, like, like the original trilogy. Star, Star Wars, Wars, Akira. Yeah. So like th- that sort of aesthetic is like I really like to see because you know, I feel because it feels like that's what space will look like. You know, or 
theoretically, not everything's going to look shiny and new forever. There's going to be, like, broken down and kind of, like, you know, less burnt, shiny stuff. Burnt, scratched. Yeah. You know. And yeah. just, like, the level of detail and just the depth of feel that's just, like, holy shit. Somebody made this. And yeah. It's just, it's just a complete, like, feast for the eyes to see. And, and like, a type of horror I, I feel like you don't really get to see very often. And it's, it was just, like, a complete... Uh, treat to watch um uh yeah and, and it's and it's streaming for free this segment on youtube uh on the retro quest channel mm-hmm. yep in, uh, in its entirety it was uh yeah colt watched it uh, i think he rented it because he watched la- the entire thing yeah last year memories entirely that's the one uh i think he that's he that he said that was his favorite uh magnetic road magnetic rose um, he basically said, I mean, he told, he just said that it was a ghost story that took place in space. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, that sounds fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's been on my watch list for, well, that story specifically, I've been wanting to watch forever. Um, but I, when I realized like, oh, it's part of the technology, I've been waiting to watch it because it's, it's on Tubi, but like I watched one movie on Tubi and it was the, <laughs> It was 240p. Like, well, not kind of, but then also, too, there was an ad playing every fucking 10 minutes. Like, well, it's a free site, dude. There's going to be ads. I know, but like, this movie that should have taken probably an hour and 30 minutes took about two fucking hours. Like, oh my fucking God. Like, holy shit. And every ad was, oh, like, was so long. And I'm like, Next time, I'm just going to fucking rent it. I'm just going to rent it. Fuck this. I will say Tubi is definitely not to be slept on because one, definitely they, have, not. they have a, a ton. It's like one of the main places I'm watching Toku like yeah. legitimately on there. And they have like a lot of, they have like all courts they have is, is, is a free site, a bunch of just like dumb, stupid dog shit because it, no one wants their rights for it. But there's a lot of really good, high quality stuff you can find there. Yeah. And like rare stuff. Like, a lot of Arrow stuff is on there. No, for real. Like, because, like, I, you know, even with that experience, I'm not I'm not turning it down because I still, I will get on there and I'll add shit to my list constantly because, mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's, like, there's only, there's one movie on there that, like, literally it's only on there. And it's like, well, fuck. Like, I I need to watch it because I'm afraid it's going to fucking leave. Um, yeah, the impermanence of streaming. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Definitely don't sleep on it. It's still yeah, pretty. Yeah, I, because I, on my phone, I only have three streaming uh, apps. The rest are on my tab. I have YouTube, I have Netflix, and I have Tubi. That's it. That's the only ones I keep on my phone. And I, I have fucking, I mean, I do, yeah, Criterion, Hulu, Prime Video, Canopy, Netflix, and Tubi. Yeah, because my phone only can hold you so much, but all my other streamers are on my tablet. But... There's one more movie that JoJo and I watched. I, I thought you were deliberately skipping over it there for a minute. But I feel like we need to talk about it because just like we need to see it so we can know for sure how we felt about it. And spoiler alert, it was exactly how I thought I was going to feel. It was exactly what I thought it would be. But JoJo and I, we watched Don't Look Up. And fucking Christ, what a joyless piece of horse shit that was. It was so You said don't look up, so I just looked up. Yep. It is bad. It's not good. Very, very not good. 
I mean, I heard. I mean, like, I was. Gonna, I didn't want to make that joke again, but I did hear Leo's acting was pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I, mean, mean, I mean, Leo's not the problem. The thing is, is like, I mean, it's a star-studded cast. Like, the sets are really good. Uh, the music, like, all the technical aspects of the movie are on point and solid. Oh, I heard also Timothy was a fun time. Yeah, he's a redneck in it. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like a redneck guy. I fucking love fingerling potatoes. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah, bit. Yeah, that, that that's a bit. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, it, he's only in it for like five minutes. Uh, well, he, or he's not, he comes he, in like towards the end. Like he's in it for the, like halfway through it for the rest of it, but like he only has like, like where he's prominently, you know, engaged in talking, like pretty small. He's kind of turned into a background character after that. But like, it's one of those things where, you agree, the whole thing is just like hand fisted allegory for like COVID. global warming awareness, which yeah. you know, like on paper, I agree with everything this movie's saying. Yes, you know, global catastrophes are being stymied, like reaction to global catastrophes are being stymied by incompetence and greed of the powers that be. Rock solid thesis. Execution of this fucking movie was so infuriating. It's, it's like, it's like a two and a half hour SNL skit, mm-hmm. and the exact same level of humorous content. Yeah, it's so bad. Like just, it, like I saw one review who just uh, put it perfectly. They uh, it was bre- the breakfast all day. They they were saying, I agree with everything this me- this movie saying, but the people that this movie should be trying to convince aren't going to be convinced by it and the people that this movie agrees with are just going to find it shrill and unappealing because it it feels like it's it's preaching to the choir yeah yeah (laughs) so then there's also some like a little bit of classist undertones there too yeah like and just like well yeah because fucking what leo leonardo because i mean leonardo is a huge like um like climate advocate and then he like does like turns around does all this shit that's actively hurting the environment yeah like because there there's that like that famous like climate change like you know summit that happened a few years ago where like all these big celebrities took like their private jets to this place to talk about like yeah ethical consumption to help diminish their carbon footprint and it's like hundreds of planes through to this one random spot like y'all could have just skyped in <laughs> like i mean this is the cinematic equivalent of the gal gadot imagine <laughs> fuck that, that that's the whole vibe of the movie where it's just like <laughs> fuck god damn it why'd you have to remind me of that yeah it's like that level of fucking liberal cringe. Okay, but that reminds me. Sorry, I don't want to get off track, but like, so there was this bit where like there was a tweet that said like, put like retweet quote retweet this with a clip of the worst acting you've ever seen, and there's so many fucking Gal Gadot clips. It's unreal. I'm like, okay, she's not that bad of an actor, but Jesus Christ, these are these are genuinely really like like you know fuck like the the one that's my favorite because i've seen the trailer now so many fucking times is the one from fucking death on the nile where she's like we have enough champagne to fill the nile i'm like oh my god shut up i fucking hate the trailer 
Oh my god! Because like she's like I guess like the, the is this an upcoming movie or is yeah it's it, a it's a sequel to Murder yeah. on the Orient Express. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, so because uh, it's been in development forever yeah. at this point, and the and some reasons why this you know it's been pushed back because uh, because one of them one of the actors happens to be a cannibal, Army Hammer. He oh. because because the trailer for it. Every scene where Army Hammer's character's in it, it cuts super fast or it's him from behind. <laughs> you can never see his fucking face. It's so funny. They did not want you to know that Army Hammer is in this movie, but they want you to know that Letitia Wright is yeah. in this movie, which is... Noted anti-vaxxer Letitia Wright. Yeah, I mean, she's also returned to the set of Black Panther 2. Oh, my God. I think. I think I saw something about that. I don't know. that. Don't quote me on that. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen with Black Panther 2. Hopefully, they can salvage something out of it. But, man. Yeah. I, yeah. So, yeah, Gal Gadot is like a rich, like, lady. And, you know, they're on this boat. And she's like, we, you know, she's holding a champagne glass. And she's like, and we have enough champagne. And she throws it out. To fill the night. Oh, my God. Why would I say it again? It sucks so much. It's like... But it's, like, it's so it's so cringy that I could say it a thousand times. And plus, like, there's definitely been moments. I think one of the reasons why because her accent is so prominent that it's, it's hard for people to distinguish what she's saying. Sometimes, like a lot of her words start to run together. So a lot of people saying like, like there was a point in Wonder Woman two where she's like, the line is like, "Give me the stone" or something. But oh yeah, but, she's, but all of her words are like. Are like affected because she's from Iran, so she like her she has an accent, uh, yeah. Because so, is it Iran or she's from Israel? Israel. Israel. She's from Israel. She's from I was about Israel. to say she's not from. I, I, mean, <laughs> I was about to check. I was like, I thought she was from Israel. Yeah, excuse me, she's from Israel. So like, she has like a, an affected accent sometimes. So like, a lot of her lines start to be. But what I thought was funny, like there are some actors I knew who retweeted is like, I think you need to like mind your business, dude. <laughs> Like, uh, uh, I don't know. But, but, like, you know, like, for Gal Gadot, though, like, definitely, like, not like that. I'm like, okay, but, like, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe, I'm not talking about the Death of the Nile one. I, that, I, that fucking sucks. But, <laughs> but like, what, like. Make it feel the Nile. Like, with that, though, about her words running together, I'm like, but that's her, like. like I mean, she can't help she that. She can't help that. It's like, oh, well, you know, blah, 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 hire, like, an accent, like, coach, coach. or whatever. It's like. Or, or <laughs> fuck off. Fuck it's, off. Or hey. fuck off. Like. Yeah, I mean. And, and going back to Don't Look Up, it's like. Sorry. <laughs> like, the, like the Gal Gadot, imagine. It's not, it's not that that is, like an unforgivable sin. It's just like something that was, yes, it was well-intentioned, but it was incredibly short-sighted and thoughtless. Like it's, you don't, you don't think about, Hey, all these rich people in their hermetically sealed homes with all the resources they can possibly want singing this, like this little song to these people who are struggling to get by day to day. It's not a good look. It just seems really fucking tone deaf. <laughs> and like with the movie, it just seems like, I get what you're saying. What you're saying is not wrong, but man, it just, just feel fucking stupid and mean spirited. It's it's kind of like it's kind of like we're all on fucking fire, and they're like, "You're on fire!" Like, well, yeah. One, it's like, <laughs> like it, yeah. It's one, when it's not stating the obvious, it's doing some boomer shit, like using memes from like twenty fucking ten for one, <laughs> <laughs> and, and and just being like. 
you know what's wrong with America? People on their phones. Which, like, it, I'm sorry, that's something that fucking boils my butt. If you're fucking big brain hot take is people are on their phones too much fuck off touch it's, grass it's so fucking hack no, oh my god that reminds me like being in fucking college at Shelton State or at or in fucking high school it, being at high school Shelton Shelton State Community College University of Alabama go Bucks there was all, there <laughs> there was always <laughs> there always is somebody with a fucking paper talking about how Social media and we're on our t- phone too much. I'm like, oh my god, I, could, I cannot. <laughs> like, okay, whip off harder. Like, if I if I could, if I could, I'd be like, all right, everybody, stop. Raise your fucking hand if you have a line in your fucking essay that says that has anything with, anything to do with the connection between social media and how we're on our how this generation's on their phone too much. Raise your fucking hand right now. It's like half the class. Get out. Get, no, no. We it's, already know what you're going to fucking it's say. It's so fucking hack. It's to, so fucking rote. To and, fucking quote the late, great Norm MacDonald, I know this may seem harsh, but I wish everyone who ever says shit like that a, a hopeful die. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, God, it's just so... Hack, and, trite, and, and just... You're not fucking clever, Deborah. you piece of shit. And plus shit. the thing is, like... Your analogy doesn't quite fit the the story. Like the whole thing. Like if the if the problem is a fucking meteor decides that Mount Everest is going to blow through the Earth, what can fucking normal people do? Like you can like what what really can they do? Like it's it's all just really because honestly, in the grand scheme of things, your individual carbon footprint, the the carbon footprint of the average everyday people is fucking might as well be irrelevant. To, to like the giant corporations that are just like literally sending well, empty well, flights just to hold like flight panners. Yeah, like, well, and, and like our fucking like, um, it, like it, they've done the math on it. If even if everyone was being as efficient as possible when it came to energy usage, it wouldn't come. It it still pales in comparison to what these fucking corporations are doing. And I know part of the movie go, does go after like. The the Steve Jobs, the Elon Musk, Elon Musk, the Trumps, the Trumps, and stuff like that. But it's even then, you still have to go a step further. It's like these are people are the symptom. It's not the disease. It's all about fixing these systems that are in place and not put putting the blame on any one individual because no single individual has the power to you know do all that shit. And so, so just like. I, I just it feels like it wants to be Dr. Strange Lub but has like not even an ounce an inch of what that movie could do. Well, and also too like you can't like I mean one of the greatest tri- crimes of the Trump presidency is they just killed political satire. You can't do it anymore. We've seen the absurdity itself. You can't get more absurd than what we witnessed the past, like, five years. And so, like, if you can't, you know, make fun of something that's already as ridiculous as reality can possibly get, or, or worse. And the thing is, like, if they do, it's just regurgitating exactly what happened as it happened. Guys, global warming is bad. Yeah, like the whole <laughs> yeah. that's the movie. <laughs> the whole movie gives off a vice principal vibe 
Uh, I just fucking don't like it. Also, it's two and a half goddamn hours. It's two and a half fucking hours. It has no right being that fucking long. See, last week, Colton Wenzel watched Smothered and how it was far too long and far too stupid. And this week, JoJo and I watched Don't Look Up, which was far too long and far too stupid. (sighs) Mother makes me cry. Like, I just don't understand why it has to be so long. Why? Why did it have to be two hours? I I literally took a shot of fucking Cruzon after that fucking movie. It's like, fuck this movie. What are you trying to do to me, Aronofsky? What? God. Yeah, like, fuck Don't Look Up. If you like it, you know, God bless, but that's the that's my bar. Cody and Colt both gave it four stars. Those, those Dockery boys are <laughs> something else. Which is like, uh, like, like I, I was talking with Cody and, and he he was like, "What did you think about it?" I was like, "I basically said everything that we've said. I thought it was unnecessarily mean spirited, uh, uh, li- uh, hashtag liberal cringe." And, and he was like, "But man, it just made me feel existential though." And I'm like, I. I I don't need a fucking movie to make me feel existential. I wake up every goddamn day and live my life. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just live in reality. I look at my dog and I get existential. Well, granted, granted, your dog's yeah. kind of scary looking. Ah, uh, what? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, Got him. Because it's so funny. Because Sasha, it's like with her eyes. I, I was talking about this earlier. It, with her eyes, when you look at her, it's like there's no fucking brain in there. There's nothing. Not no, a goddamn. Even know Sasha has like very like intense, like just big dog eyes, and not like just like just like the black dog eyes. Just like she has like irises. You can see her like she has like uh, hazelnut, like brown eyes. <laughs> that dog got Nutella eyes. No, they, I mean they look real. Like in the sunlight too, they look really beautiful. And like, but like when you get to know her, every time I look at her now, I'm just like, you're a. F- you're so fucking stupid. I love you. <laughs> and then there's Monkey, who has like teddy bear eyes, but is like looks soulless. <laughs> like, like there's a brain in there, but it's just rattling around. It's rattling around, doing something. Nobody knows. We pick up. We pick up Monkey. He just sounds like a a spray paint bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, oh, oh, I love the little fuckers. Uh, yeah, so those were <laughs> that's for the movies we watch. Yeah. Um, but I, we talked. I talked about it last week. But I sat JoJo down and we watched all our Reservation Dogs. And my God, is that show really fucking good? It's simultaneously one of the funniest shows I've seen in a long time, and also deals with some real fucking shit. It was like like three episodes back to back. I was crying by the end of it. Oof. So it, Hell like, yeah! It's it's literally legitimately like like laugh out loud. Some of the funniest TV I can remember watching. Just like just bam bam bam. Just like great bits one after the other, and it like deals with some very prominent issues that indigenous people still face today, like mental health and like uh, substance abuse and poverty. Like you know. While telling this like incredibly entertaining, engaging story about these four indigenous teens who are trying to, you know, basically like steal and deal to get money to get out of their dead end town, and then them sort of like learning the course of the lady, like what their true like motivations and like what the most important things to them are, and all the kids do fantastic jobs. Oh know? yeah. Um. Although one of the kids isn't really a kid, we come to find out 
uh, one of the teens is played by Debra Jones. She's 26. Yeah. She looks like a teenager. No, she's 20. She's a year older than me. And, like, she she does a fantastic job. But then yeah. when I was, like, looking into the show, I was like, wait, what the fuck? No, it was so funny because I was, uh, there was, like, a, not a red carpet thing, but it was, like, a thing just kind of, like, where they're all dressed up and on, like, you know, being pictures were taken and there was, like, interviews being done. And I was, like, one of them, I guess the woman you're d- talking about, I was, like, I was like, that's an adult. <laughs> like, so, yeah. I mean, she looks like a, a teenager. Like, yeah. yeah. And plus, it's funny because she's the shortest one. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, uh, although I love the main boy's, uh, in the show, his name is Bear, but in real life, his name is DeFaro. Oh, wow. he, he's the He's the tall boy. Yeah. Because you have um, Bear, Cheese, Willie Jack, and Alora. Who, uh, that's who Devery Jones plays. Hmm. And like they all do a great job. They're all super funny. Oh, and, yeah. Like, just comedic timing on point. And, yeah. <laughs> Bill Burr is in the show. <laughs> he he showed, because like in the, in the latter half of the show, like each kid gets like a, a focus episode with like an, a, like an adult, like mentor mm-hmm. kind of character. And Bill Burr is in the um, Laura Devery Jones episode. Which is probably the heaviest episode in the series, first season. Yeah, not to spoil, but there, I think it, it's a good idea they cast someone who was older to play the scenes that she did. Because definitely, it would take like the most emotional experience and nuance, and like I guess bandwidth to do what they had to cover in that episode. Yeah, Jesus. All right, that doesn't sound. I mean, it's not anything sinister, of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I like, mean, it just—it just sounds like that's very emotional, is what I'm saying. Like, oh, oh yeah, it, it's. I, really I was, I, I cried. That was the episode I really cried because, like, literally the last three episodes, I was like really teary. But that one, episode seven, they hit like a brick. Yeah. But it, it's, but at the same time, while there's a lot of like heavy emotion, there's a lot of like really sincere, like beautiful moments because, like, every single point in the show comes from lived experience because all the actors. The writers, the crew. production the crew, they're all indigenous. Most, it's like 90% yeah. indigenous for the, for the project. And Taika Waititi is a co-creator. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, all that fucking awesome. So you definitely, like, like I said, the, I sang its praises last week. Now I have someone who can echo my I, 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 It's one of the, my favorite shows of the past few years. It's so. really good. Hell yeah. And, awesome. and and it's only eight episodes and eight episodes about 30 minutes. So it's just like we blew through it really quick. And I'm just like, I want more. It's like I, for, for, I haven't had that like that, that void. It's like I just ate. It's like I want more of this, but I don't know when it's going to be back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh. they confirmed the second season. It's kind of just like waiting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what else we did. I think that's everything on my end for the most part. Yeah, in terms of like what we've been doing. Uh, do you have anything? All right, what's your right. Well, so last night, uh, yeah, about Saturday morning, I, I there was a movie I've been wanting to watch, but it's just one of those things where it's like, how the fuck do I watch this? Um, and uh, there's actually a really good, please for the love of God, don't take it down, uh, <laughs> YouTube, uh, on YouTube, a really good HD uh rip of it with subtitles um for the dialogue not for the credits and stuff uh of angel's egg on on youtube um so uh, 
Sorry, I cannot remember the director off the top of my head. Came out uh, 1985 is uh, Mamoru Oshii. Uh, it's literally just an hour and 11 minutes. And um, it's, you know, it's it's really fucking beautiful. And uh, it follows a, a very mysterious glowing girl who is protecting some egg in a very uh, destroyed wasteland-like fucking world. Um, and uh, there's only like... So like... <laughs> I can see where, well, it has a very high rating on Letterboxd as it fucking should because it's so fucking good. But like, it's a very patient film because a lot of it is um, just walking. There's a lot of it sort of like a lot, of, a lot of walking, a lot of um, a lot of scenery, a lot of you know landscapes, and a lot of very like ambient, like ethereal. But it's a lot of also um, environmental storytelling as well because there's only. 30 lines of dialogue that's it and it's very short you know very 71 minutes yes like um but the dialogue specifically is like you know it's not there's nothing i think the longest piece was this really good monologue in like towards the end that i was just like oh holy shit um it's man like i was getting so many fucking vibes from it like because that wasteland part, it like, it reminded me a lot of Dark Souls. And especially with that story, like environmental storytelling, because I mean, you're just literally having to piece together what's, what happened to this world from what you, what the scenery, the images that you get and like breaking that down. Like it's, it's pretty fucking brutal. Um, I, I can't say, I, I really can't say too much. It's just honestly like one of my favorite anime films ever. Um, like I have, I have to make a list because this, I, 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 off the top of my head, I think this is probably top five at least because it's so just, it's so fucking beautiful. And that's, that's something else that just gets me too is like this thing needs like, needs an ac- more accessible way, <laughs> accessible way because I think this should be seen by everybody. Like yeah. you guys need to see it. Colt needs to see it. Cody needs to see it. Tanner needs to see it. Um, you need to see it. Like I need to see it. Pointing my finger to the audience. So you need to see it. Like for real, because like, it's such a, like, especially with what it has to say, because it also has quasi, you know, pseudo biblical stuff that I just eat fucking up to <laughs> delicious food. Um, you know, and, um, yeah, man, because apparently back in like early 2000s, it was actually supposed to get a physical release. Like some company was got the rights to distribute in America. Never fucking did it. Just never did it. And there might have, might have been some weird like rights stuff that came up that no, or they no. just maybe they didn't have the funding. They, they maybe, maybe they maybe want yeah. to do. I, I, I mean, this was, this was like made by the same guy who did the 95 Ghost in the Shell. Too. Yeah, I think Ghost in the Shell. Pat Labor, yeah. It, it, it might have been a hard pitch because, you know, it's probably easier to sell people on, like, guns and robots yeah, and, like, this very, like, moody, you know, desolate art film about a girl and an egg. Well, I mean, like, yeah, yeah, but, like, 
I don't know. It's just like, I want to go because I've already have like several tabs pulled up where like I want I'm going through like a full fucking investigation <laughs> to figure out what the fuck happened because <laughs> like I've been, I've been personing through Reddit's. They have like links to like, you know, news articles about this and to like, to like, because it's just so biz- like, it's so bizarre because like I said, the company got the rights. They were going to distribute it, but then that's it. Nothing. No, nothing was ever heard again about it. It's like, and, please, sir, a crumb of lore. Please. And like, oh my God. Like, I mean, I hate to sound like a film bro, but I mean, like, this is where I, I'm like, I wish I, I like, I, if I could, I want to know the job or whoever of like having to get films and the rights and stuff like that, because that would be so fucking cool because Angel's Egg would probably be my number one to get first. I would have to get it and be like, look, Criterion? Okay, we got to fucking, we got to release this, okay? This has to be in Blu-ray or fucking hell, 4K. Ooh. That would be that would be Give me that ultra HD. But like I would I would be fine with just Blu-ray DVD. But it need this needs to be acquired. I need a fucking essay. I need some fucking uh some exclusive art to put I need on some trading cards. I, I need, need, I need some, stiff I need sticker. some exclusive shit. I need bonus features. I need this. I need this. We need to go fuck give me tickets. I will go to Japan. I will find somebody who has this movie. We will get we need this movie. Like, oh my god. And like it's not that it's just there's so many movies that are inaccessible that like n- that like i you know i are just the, in a limbo levels they're not the accessible dev, no i was literally looking up stuff i was literally looking up like a thing where like people were like oh these are my you know top choices for criterion angel's egg and the devils devils was literally their second choice i was like shit yeah because i want to see the devils too and i'm like i'll send you a link to it i'll send the link for angel's egg as well um but like i'm like the devils needs i'm like i haven't even seen it but i'm already like you know what it just fucking needs one it just needs to be accessible same thing with possession because possession yes i've been trying to watch that movie for years because i and the one time i had a chance to i wasn't able to i it might still be on Metrograph, but um, Just but these like random hideaway apps. Well, well, like Metrograph is like its own theater in New York, but then um, they finally were like they kind of turned from that into like a streaming service as well. So they'll get like a cup, like a few movies, not a lot, but like you can either stream, you know, you can stream it or you can go to their theater and they'll do like a premiere thing uh that's what they did for possession when they got when they were able to show it and that's how i watched possession last year was literally on their streaming app but i will say it, it kind of i wish they could have done subtitles because that's what sucks about it is there's no subtitles whatsoever and oh man unless you you have to crank that bitch up like turn it up because the the vo- uh, their voices um especially sam neil it's kind of like they're kind of soft yeah. so it's really tough to tell what they're saying it mm. I, that's what kind of buzzes me out too about some criterion stuff is there's n- there's like no subtitles i'm like like well, i mean it depends on I, I guess it i guess it depends on the director if like because sometimes the the director's involved in the criterion like if they're hands-on they'll probably not want like scene select or something like that i know david lynch was really big on not having a scene select or something but i mean i just think that's bullshit because if you want everybody to enjoy your fucking movie 
I mean, at least, you know, subtitles. But when, no, Wenzel, no, you have to enjoy it in the way I want you to enjoy it. But that's the uh, fucking, I got my gun pointed back at you, A-Boy Sprick. Yeah, motherfucker. Bang. Oh. Ah. Don't. Coming from someone who's, you know. Yeah, exactly. Hearing impaired and hasn't been that way their whole life, like, subtitles are more or less a necessity. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like, I, you know, like. And I mean, and I just like having the subtitles on anyway. Yeah, because I like to know what the fucking what the fuck they're saying. But like, too, like, I mean, really, I mean, you you kind of if you include subtitles, I think that it expands upon your fucking film experience because there's just some stuff that will like happen that like you don't know that it's happening. But then it's like subtitles will be like, oh, this is happening. Yeah. So then like, oh, it's like, oh, shit. Now, sometimes subtitles can like kind of spoil a movie because yeah like because uh i don't want to say it i don't want to say there's a movie i watched that was like oh shit is this who i think it is turn on the subtitles completely fucking spoils it's like oh never mind i guess that that is what's happening all right yeah or uh god uh the I had a point and I lost it. God damn it. Well, let me get back to my point. Yeah, Angel's yeah. Egg is fucking fantastic. I gave it five stars because it's so fucking good. I mean, like, the art was just, you. there, there are certain, there's these really good shots that you can tell are just hand-drawn. And, like, having, like, le- leaving it to that, like, that hand-drawn, like, style was really fucking good. And, like, it's just, like, I love that. Like I said, I love that environmental storytelling because that's how Dark Souls does really well with its story is that it doesn't give it to you. You have to kind of piece it together and piecing it together is really, you know, it's like, it's kind of like, oh shit, this is what happened. And then you're like, oh fuck. Like, because, and because that's enough, because that's what's cool too is that like sometimes, you know, throughout history and like, you know, with archaeology and stuff, it's like, you won't, you won't have the full fucking story. And like piecing it together is like, you know, you know, with art and then with actual history, it's completely different. But like, it's it's um, for a, it's lot a of unique people, it, it's a it, unique experience. It, it, you know, adds to the experience. It's like fun to kind of like think and ponder on it. Cause you know, that's what that's what I would think a movie would want you to do. It's kind of like not only just think about what you saw, but also like ruminate and like go to dig further down. Especially like you know, if something if there's like a plot there. Of course, you know, there's a right and wrong way to do everything. Yeah. So like. You, you can you can tell a minimalist story and not feel you know your plot is being lost, but also at the same time there can be like some extra substance there for people who are, are willing to go a little further to seek it out. Yeah, and like the mu- the music was crazy haunting. Like you you really felt like like you know it wasn't it it wasn't a horror movie, but like. You kind of get that vibe. It's just like, you know, kind of It's spooky. very eerie, yeah. very unsettling. And, um, yeah, I I can't recommend it enough. It was a good fucking film. Yeah, Bad um, Rose is the first movie I've given to four, five stars to this year. Probably the first oh, movie I've given five stars in a while. Hell yeah. Because, like you said, there's only, most of it is, like, hand-drawn. There's only, like, two particular portions of the film that aren't. There's an actually really interesting composite uh portion of the film where the initial asteroid or clump that they go to is like a real object that they stuck into this animated (laughs) film so I guess you know give it that like how it stands out from the world around it and also when they're sort of tracking the crew members inside of the station that part is CG like the, like the, the 3D schematics of the rest of it is just like 
densely achingly drawn like mechanics and like circuitry and like yeah it's just like i wanted just to stop and just like just like look at everything because it can and, and plus it has like um this kind of like a cow like just like a thing with cowboy bebop it's like this lonely like space jazz kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic or like motif throughout it it's because like especially with the opening portion and then the ending it's like it's just like there's just a just 90s anime space vibe that's very singular and once you know it you like it just gets it slips into you yeah and like it that's just a vibe i really like it puts like the whole like lonely jazz it's just like an awesome musical aesthetic to yeah mm-hmm. i i will say too for that uh that little girl angel's egg She's just a, she's just a fucking baby. She's just a baby. <laughs> like I mean, I could just imagine just like picking her up and like, baby, like baby. fucking Lion King, um, baby. Yeah. Um, again, like it's just. I mean, I I do think. I mean, honestly, I wouldn't care whoever got their hands on this film. It just needs a physical release. It just needs to be more accessible. Um, even if, I'll take streaming <laughs> as well, streaming. But like, I just think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I because Criterion like with their animated selection, I, I'm like they need they need more animated stuff. I mean they don't. As far as I know, they don't have too many. Yeah. I mean it's like Fantastic Planet, Watership Down. This really short picture. Um, oh man, I can't remember. Yeah, Criterion hire some more fucking weebs, you jerks. Well, and the thing is too is like they had this whole thing where like they added a ton of art house animation that yeah. like. I mean, you, some of it now I've been able to find on Canopy, but like then they were like, oh, we're going to cycle it out now. And it's like they, one of the films, they got the exclusive streaming rights for a little bit. And I'm like, I would, what? So, Excuse me? Yeah. So I was like, all right. And like now it's like there's not just there's just not that many. Um, yeah. I, I I just think. And then speaking of other films that, again, Possession, fucking um on my phone I have on YouTube I have a little playlist of movies that I think they're good quality and the full version on there it's a uh, little Odic um fucking occult and Pendus Fen um so little Odic is a really weird European film about uh, a little tree baby um tree baby that's uh really bizarre but like you know it's been on so many like lists and recommended that I was like okay where can I watch this? And let me tell you, almost fucking impossible to find. Then Occult is a film. Uh, crap. I was I thought I could remember his name. But um, so somebody else I follow, one of his, um, the director of Occult, he has this movie called uh, The Record of a Sweet Murder, of Sweet Murders. And um, that's on Tubi. And I need to watch that. But is, is it Koji Shiraishi? Yeah, Koji Shiraishi. Um, so again, it's like because he, the guy that I follow, uh, fucking you know Trevor Henderson, he's been recommending both of those fucking movies, especially Occult. And I was like, well, what the fuck do I watch it? So I found it on YouTube. I hope it is what it is. Um, and then Pendus Fen is a British film mm. that like been long recommended for a while. But again, where the fuck do I watch it? Yeah, if we have like this weird thing called Brit Box, Brit Box, we're not fucking British. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Hello. Hello, yeah. Go, go, go. I need your Michael Caine. We get it. Listen, uh, Criterion, all you streaming services out there, not having these films on there, I just got to say it, that's not very uh-oh stinky of you. <laughs> you know, it, it's just really funny if uh, after we speak, speaking British accent, we just get an email saying, you've got a free subscription to Breadbox. Like, all Would right. you like a free subscription sold in today? Okay. And, all this, and then it just cuts to like the Austin Powers theme song. We're just like <laughs> dancing. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't know. Whoever has the job of like you know get acquiring films, work I, harder. goddammit. Or I think it's a cool job, but work harder. Uh, yeah, work work harder to appease our uh, needs. Our three needs specifically. I'm trying to think. There was all. Uh, what was it? So a film I fucking watched earlier this year too, because speaking of acquiring films and stuff, uh, Last and First Man, there was a, uh, so in the very beginning of the film, there's this uh, guy, I can't remember his name. He starts talking because he was a close friend to the director. So the director of Last and First Man, he fuck he died. And um, he was just kind of like given like a kind of a dedication to him and with opening the film and stuff. And um, he talked about how there was a, he talked about how the the director Johan he he heard it's I think it was somewhere like in Iceland or Greenland or whatever there was these old the fucking film of this show that he used to watch and I'm just thinking like man how crazy would it be if like to find like these films or whatever you like literally had to travel the fucking world to get the actual fucking like film or like physically the film itself to fucking put it like out there it's like they're like the indiana jones of like of like films it's like this belongs in the criterion or arrow or somebody this this belongs to netflix but yeah so it, instead of this you had just like one like you know down to earth movie uh a filmographer who's trying to find lost films to like get them home on physical and then you have just like but the nazis are like netflix or something <laughs> fuck but it's, it's like literally them like 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 Netflix execs, but they have like and set the armband that has the Netflix in on it, <laughs> and they're just trying to like, no, we're gonna get it, put it on Netflix, and just do shit tier subtitles, and <laughs> and then for some reason they're like, we gotta find the Ark of the Covenant, we gotta find it, like why? And and, 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 and like every single one just has that that one cut from the from their uh, sub Evangelion of Calvary looking back, you're worthy of my grace. <laughs> What the fuck? Okay, <laughs> because when when it, for reference when, when the Evangelion was first being put on Netflix, there was a lot of who and the ha and over, over the quality of the yeah. subtitles. And one of the oh fuck, I forgot about that. One okay. of the more infamous changes was like when Calvary's talking about his affection for Shinji, they they replaced like a a romantically charged or subtext line with "You're worthy of my grace." Yeah. It was, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, um, I I just, when I heard that, I thought that was cool. I was like, man, I wonder if, like, that was something you legitimately ha- would have to do is, like, to acquire these films, especially with how long they've been in limbo or lost. It's like, are you going to have to do some Indiana Jones type shit? Like, that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, so that's what I watched. Uh, I'm still trying to chip away at watching a ton of fucking movies before the month ends. Um Cannon I mean, fucking blew all of us away. Yeah. No mm. way. Cannon and Colt. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I'm at nine, and, like, what's, like, fucking... What's fucking funny is that, like, I, I don't even... I haven't ever, ever... 
it's only until I quit my fucking job have I actually had the drive to watch any fucking movies. But like, I only had that because like, so I, I did that watch party with Colt and like in a way that kind of forced me to be like, oh, well, it's a friend's event. So I have to watch these movies, even though like I really want to watch fucking movies. Um, so hey. I watch movies, but not my movies. I don't want to watch them too. My movies. I mean, movie watch is movie watch. It's on your list. Well, uh, I think this might be a good point to tie it off for the week. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good content, a lot of good banter, uh, a lot of good recommendations for you at home to check out. Mm-hmm. So do your homework because uh, there will be a quiz afterwards. We will test you on all the movies we you, we watched and we told you to. We so will. get on it. We will. I'm sending um I'm 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 sending messages to my test makers right now. Yep. So uh, thank you all so much for listening today. Uh, you can follow us wherever podcasts are found. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Overcast. I'm sorry. Are we boring you? I'm sorry. I'm trying to do the fucking plugs over here. I didn't mean to. I just yawned. Lock off. God damn. I, I lost my place. I got to start over. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, but you can follow us wherever podcasts are found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Spotify, Anchor. Be sure to like, rate, read, subscribe. All those platforms helps us out, <laughs> keeps us visible, puts us in front of new listeners. We always appreciate you when you do it. You can follow us on our socials, on Twitter and Instagram, AYCH Podcast, on Letterboxd and Facebook at All You Can Hear. And on Cajun Greatness this week, you can look forward to the Cage Crew doing our review of Teen Titans Go! To the movies. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. Then Nicolas Cage plays Superman in that movie. Oh, okay. And also, um, go check out last week's episode, which was our volume one of best of moments from the show. So go check that out. And lastly, you can follow me, Patrick, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at John Lost His Name. My name is John Jojo, whatever you want to call me. My, you can follow me on Twitter, J-O-N-I-O-B-I-24, and John Owens on 12 on Letterboxd. All right. I'm Wenzel. Thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Wensley You can follow my art Instagram at Wensley. You can also go to my link tree and follow me on Goodreads and Letterboxd. I'm trying to put out reviews for stuff to really think about my stuff that I read about stuff and stuff and stuff and watch Angel's Egg and have a good day. All right. I'm sorry. I reborn you, Jojo. Oh, it's okay, Jojo. It's over. The show's over now. I'm sorry. All right. Let's put the baby to bed. Have a good night, everyone.